When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode 280 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network, presented by Justice Dental. Today's show is another big one, but it feels like at this point they're all very big ones. Sean, uh, we'll be breaking down the latest with the Boozer Twins and the start of preseason practice for the Kentucky Wildcats. Also, we will talk about if there is Anything new on the uh, Big Z front, I know everybody wants to know about the latest with Zanamira Visich. We will talk about that. And then uh, we will also be bringing back sources say KS board question of the day. That is was a uh, overwhelming success last week, and we're very excited to get that rolling. Uh, once once again, uh, the question was great, and I think we just lost Sean, I think, again. So, you know what? It is what it is. We're, we're back to it. Um, I, I actually want to kind of start at a different angle uh, because today was the start of preseason practice, and I think a lot of fans are interested to know, uh, you know, what's going on with the team, how are they looking, what's the latest with Aaron Bradshaw, is he back on the floor yet, what about Ugana Onyen? So we all want to know uh, about the the latest and greatest about their injury, respective injury statuses. Um, I can confirm neither of them participated today in practice. I, I think the program is expecting um, a a doctor update in the next week or two from them to kind of just get a a real feel about when are they going to officially be back into game action. I think they uh, are, are trending in the right direction for the season opener. If, as we've talked about on this show, there's a lot of optimism about both of those guys uh, and their availability sooner rather than later. Uh, So I I think that is something that Kentucky fans should continue to be optimistic about. That's something that uh, the, the, the staff and people around the program are very excited about the addition of Aaron Bradshaw. He uh, talked for the first time this week in a great interview. It was a 10-minute segment with Cameron Mills uh, on the Behind uh, Kentucky Basketball podcast. It was really, really good stuff. Uh, just talking about, you know, the, his mentality right now and the how difficult it is to be in his shoes as a seven-foot, five-star McDonald's All-American, be kind of at the peak of your game, at the all-star level, he's at the McDonald's All-American game and then he breaks his foot Uh, in that decision process of, you know, waiting two months before officially going all in on a surgery and then just watching his teammates kind of develop and grow the way he wants to on campus at the University of Kentucky and, you know, him having to watch from the sidelines and how, you know, he described it as hell. He's like, you know, I'm going to class, I'm dealing, you know, doing my normal student-athlete stuff. But, yeah, it does kind of suck to have to watch – everybody else around me kind of live out their dreams as a Kentucky basketball player while I have to kind of sit from the sidelines. Um, but he talked about that it was, this was just a speed bump for him, that this was uh, something that he compared it to the Jordan flu game, which I thought was hilarious. He said Jordan had his flu game. LeBron had his ankle issue that, that kept him out for a minute. Everybody goes through their stuff. This is just my, uh, my speed bump in my own situation. So I, I uh, appreciated his mindset. He's, you know, a really fascinating kid, who is going to be a fan favorite. He, he's a really enjoyable kid, very entertaining, just kind of gets it. Uh, I, I love the story during the autograph tour this summer where 
he took his own shirt off his back and gave it to a fan that liked the uh, team, you know, Team USA shirt in Canada. Uh, Gillitter gave his own shirt off his back to a fan at Kroger. Uh, he went to the register and bought a, sh- a shirt from Kroger and gave his own shirt off his back to a fan. He's just an awesome kid. Uh, and I'm really excited for this fan base to see him in action and get to see, uh, you know, the final missing piece for what we all kind of expected this roster to be pre big Z. Uh, You know, he's kind of the one guy everybody's been waiting on to see what he looks like. And there's just a lot of optimism right now that yes, even though he was not on the floor today, um, expect some type of update in the next week or two uh, about what his official status is, but there is a, an ongoing expectation that, uh, that Aaron Bradshaw will be back. And there's a lot of optimism that he'll be back for the regular season opener. Sean, I know you missed that entire opening monologue. I don't know what, what's going on, but we're good. We're, we're totally fine. Um, today was the opening uh, opening practice uh, for, for the preseason. Um, was there anything that you're, that you're looking for out of this team these next couple of weeks? We get media day. The first week of practice is this week. Media day next week. Uh, Big Blue Madness the week after that. Um, really important time for development. Is there anything that you're keeping a close eye on in particular? Pretty much the same thing that I said a few weeks ago, like how often are these guys getting in the gym on their own, you know, and what are some of those things, the the extra time, right? Like not just the practice stuff, but how much extra work are these guys putting in? What are we seeing on Instagram stories? What are we seeing uh, come out of some of these workouts. I think that's the thing that I'm looking for the most here the next couple of weeks is some of that breakfast club stuff starting up and and guys getting in the gym and, and develop some consistent things. And then also to Jack, the, the practice reports that'll come over the next few weeks, like who is standing out early, who is maybe a little bit behind. We'll, we'll get some stuff. And we know when uh, we do speak to Cal here in a week or so, he'll he'll have some some storylines and maybe some things to to talk about with, with his roster. But we also know that, that Cal doesn't share too much with his team or about his team, but uh, I'm certainly looking for just some, some consistency and to, to see who's in the gym the most and what are we hearing out of those early practices? Because right now it's probably some of the ugliest practices they'll have, but possibly some of the most competitive too, because it's right out of the gate. Yeah. And I, you know, talking to some people around the program and, you know, I did get, uh, have some conversations today um, that, has me very excited. They they do have me very excited about um, the growth of this team, and there's there's just that buzz, man. It's it's that they believe in this roster. They believe in the the makeup, in the cohesiveness, in the the their ability to click as early as they did. It feels like all of everything that they did this summer was icing on the cake. Like they, they already expedited the process of the, you know, getting the rust out and, uh, you know, working through some of those early kinks. They got through all of that. And it feels like right now they are so far ahead from where they typically are at this point that it feels like all of this is gravy. All of this is icing right now. Um, so, you know, yeah, I asked if there were any, you know, anybody, you know, that stood out on day one that looked any different in July that they did, you know, today. And they said, you know what? We just really like this group. We like that. They're all dogs. They are, you, you have to pull them all out of the gym. You, all of the stuff that, that, you know, the, the, these coaches have been around title contenders and, and, you, you know, know what it takes to have a special team. We had Tyler Eulis on the show uh, several weeks back and, and, you know, when you know, you know, and there is that sense around this program on day one of opening practice that 
they have those pieces. And we've talked about Trey Mitchell being one of those pieces. Tyler Eulis glowed, you know, was absolutely over the moon about him. We've heard privately, we saw him with our own two eyes that Trey Mitchell was kind of the, you know, that, that one shaker and mover on this roster, maybe the straw that stirs the drink of, you know, he just plays basketball at a, at a high level, has that high basketball IQ, just understands fit and, you know, everything kind of just works really well around him. Uh, there's a lot of excitement right now, Sean. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that having relationships already built within this roster is, is so important. And I, I know we've we've had the foreign tours, we've had the Bahamas tours and all that stuff, but the, the way that that team looked, the cohesiveness, the word that you mentioned there just a few minutes ago, the way that they looked this summer, and then they got to build on that the last two or three months, and then those relationships are already built. That trust is already built. The stuff that some Kentucky teams would just now start building on the floor. They've already had an opportunity to build it. And I, th- I think the thing that you're going to get out of the next probably six weeks or so until we get an exhibition game, well, actually it's not six weeks, maybe even five weeks until that, that first exhibition that they announced, but you're going to hear this guy's name mentioned coming on. You're going to hear another guy's name mentioned. You're going to have multiple guys that are going to have their moment. And I think that's going to be the case as we get throughout the entire season is with so many different guys and, and so many different options on this roster, each guy's going to move forward a little bit. Some guys are going to maybe stay the same, take a step back. But Kentucky has so many options with this roster and its backcourt and things that I'm expecting positive positive news and stuff out of a lot of multiple spots across this roster. And, and that's a good sign, right? Yeah, that's uh, certainly my stand. So uh, big day in, in that regard. For first day of opening practice is, is a lot of fun. You know, you've been in the gym. You know what that's like and uh, how, how exciting it is to kind of just, all right, we're done with individual workouts. We're done with, you know, getting shots up on the gun and, and you know, the Noah machine. Like, it's like, I guarantee they can hear those whistles and the, and, and the sounds that the machines make in their heads from the individual stuff. It's like, all right, we're past that. We, we want to get to the nitty gritty of the five on five and the, the actual team concepts that we were doing this summer that we had so much fun doing and beating the hell out of everybody uh, up in Toronto. I think really, there's a lot of, you know, built up excitement about getting back to that. So uh, very, very, very good first day, uh, all, all things considered. And, and this is actually where the individual work picks up too, even more, because now it's detailed. It's you get to get on the floor and you get to go five on five, you get to go up and down, but you also get the feedback of, of knowing what you need to work on more. And then it, it means that that's what I was getting at a moment ago. Just because official practice has started and these guys are getting the mandatory time that they're supposed to be in the gym, what do they do with the extra time? Are they still putting in the same amount? Are they putting in more? Classes are going on. It's different now. You're having to juggle multiple things. But I think that this is where it gets detailed when it comes down to what you need to work on as a guard. Is it ball handling? Is it getting extra shots up? Is it is it two is it two man game and you're getting in the gym with some of your teammates and kind of building some more of that chemistry? Is it is it working on your three point shot? Is it the free throw line? You're going to figure that out over the next four or five weeks, and, and these guys are going to kind of say, okay, this is what gets me playing time now, and then that stuff changes throughout the season. So uh, definitely, I saw a, I saw a, something the other day that said uh, officially in a relationship with Kentucky basketball, and it's that point for me. Like I'm, I'm probably going to post that picture later on Twitter. It's like my relationship status for like the next six months is just Kentucky <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know uh, the question of the hour, everybody wants to know the latest with Big Z. Was he there at practice? What's the latest with him? Is he, you know, enrolled in classes, all that good stuff? Um, things remain up in the air. I will say that it's there's there's no definitive answer 
uh, you know, change from the last several days this weekend. Nothing has changed in that regard. But I will say that there continues to be uh, optimism inside the program that it gets done. Um, the exact phrase used to me was that they're, they're trying to get it across the finish line. There's a lot of moving parts here. Um, we've known from the beginning that this is very complicated. It's been as frustrating of a situation I can remember in recent memory, Sean, of just how many different times the winds have shifted and why they've shifted and, you know, getting in the weeds of admissions offices and academics and English proficiency exams and just blah, blah, blah. It's, it's been a lot. And I think there's almost like that sense of we're over it on our side and inside the basketball program where I think there's a reason why everybody's just kind of shutting up and saying, you know what? we're working in silence here we're going we're going to be digging as we said on last week's show they're digging and they're digging and they're digging and they are not going to let up no matter what outside noise is there there continues to be outside noise of people trying right up until the finish line on everybody else's end kentucky is they're they're working their butts off to make this happen and um, there is an expectation still internally that um, they're going to do enough to get it done and I do kind of want to leave it at that this week. Um, I, I, you know, it's, we talked a little bit beforehand on the phone, Sean, that uh, this one's a little bit trickier. And uh, I, I, I think saying that there's optimism that they're going to get it done and it's going to get across the finish line here in the next couple of weeks that they, the, the target of that mid October uh, enrollment date is, is still what the, the hope is. Um, but we'll kind of leave it at that for now to avoid adding any other, noise to a very noisy situation internally. Yeah. And, and the only thing that I'll even say, honestly, at this point, no, nothing has really changed that, that me and you are going to say other like three weeks ago when we had that episode where we first talked about it, we kind of were working under a time frame that it was boom, had to get done now, had to be done now, had to be done immediately, had to get him here. And then we had the episode with Travis Branham. And then last week we, we kind of been operating under a different time frame, And, and now it's kind of just we knew it was going to be safe to say it's a complicated process. It's certainly not been easier. He'd already be here and you're already through September now, still working with that time frame. And uh, who knows, like if it gets done, it wouldn't shock me if it's one of those things that we don't even know he's here. And then Kentucky kind of just Cal does his thing and just rolls him out there somehow in, in front of everybody or you see him if, if it gets done and, and hopefully it does get done. But we we decided, you know, we, we talked about it. We're not just going to keep throwing it into the, in, out there and stuff because what what has changed, Jack? Nothing really. Nothing's changed until he's not here or he gets here. Really, I, I guess. And, and somebody said, okay, so nothing new about Big Z. There there is there there are new developments, uh, and I think the the public way of putting those developments is, is shut up and let us work. Fair enough. That's 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 what I was uh, trying to get at. I'm glad that you pretty much just said it. So, like you said, get to the finish line. We thought it was going to be a sprint. It actually turned into a marathon, and you're just trying to win it. With the the only answer that really matters at the end of the day is that I truly, if you ask my honest opinion as of Tuesday evening, I think Kentucky gets it done because they're working their absolute asses off to get this done. They, they are working around the clock relentlessly. I mean, in the, in the boxing ring, 
like it's like a WWE match with you know chairs getting thrown in and people coming in and you know trying to take them out you know they're blindside take them out they are this is way more complicated than I think anybody really anticipated to start this process and the way they have navigated this very difficult process has been pretty impressive honestly um so yeah there there, there are new developments and what needs to be known publicly is that Kentucky is in a good spot. They are confident that they can get this thing across the finish line. And at the end of the day, we're going to lay low, you know, publicly. We're going to lay low for for a minute and uh, see see what happens and just kind of trust them to get this thing figured out behind the scenes because there, there, there is confidence there. And there's a lot of excitement about getting him getting him here on campus. There's a lot of talk. Man, how exciting would it be to have him just roll out you know, big blue madness, you know, bring him out to mid mid court as the Y or something. That'd be so cool. And I think that, that they want that to be the, you know, they're excited about this kid and they want the fans to be excited about it. There's a reason why they signed this kid in the first place. And yeah, I think they're just as beat up about this process as the, the general fan is that, yeah, they want this over with, they want this kid here on campus and they wish it were a cut and dry process. Like if, you know, most other recruits. So you know, just it, it is what it is. Let them work. Let them, you know, Cal said G's work in silence like lasagna, like the, the Lil Wayne lyric. Let's let them work. Let's 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 let them let them get this thing figured out and get it across the finish line. And, and this certainly wasn't a situation that you have any experience in. Right. Like this is a completely different situation than anything that Cal has handled is t- in his time at Kentucky. So oh, yeah. it's not like they've had training and experience in knowing, OK, like we've done this before. No, you haven't. Like, this is one that you haven't been involved with. Like, just when you think that you can't experience something new, you're experiencing it now. And and patience would be the word that I would probably just throw out there right now if you're in this fan base, which is hard to have. And I understand it. I understand that it's not the easiest thing. You're hashtag free Big Z. It's been going on for three weeks now. You're wanting him here. But Kentucky has certainly not forgotten about Zavon Miravisic just because they've started official practice. And be optimistic. It's okay. Be, be, you know, trust, trust in this coaching staff to get it done. Cause they're not, they're not just asleep at the wheel, you know, going, you know, Oh shoot. We forgot. We even had to get this kid over here. No, they're working around the clock to get it done. And I think they appreciate, they would appreciate some silence to let them get it across the finish line. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Let's move on. Um, now for the big news, the good news that I, I do feel very confident about, uh, Sean, the Boozer twins coming off their official visit to the University of Kentucky. Nobody thinks Kentucky has a shot. Nobody. I do. I feel I I I actually really like where Kentucky is with the Boozer twins. And I think. I've been trying to stress that since I remember our Peach Jam shows, leaving Peach Jam. You and I had private conversations outside of this public realm and, you know, talked about the, there's there's confidence in on Kentucky side about the boozers. Why? Like why, you know, in on the surface level, it seems so cut and dry for those kids to end up at Duke. Why is there confidence on Kentucky side that they're in this thing? because it's complicated and it's not the the public situation that I think the, the general fan thinks it is connecting the dots of Carlos Boozer, Duke absolute superstar under John, uh, uh, under coach K John Shire now has the chance to recruit 
his twin sons done deal to Duke. It is not that cut and dry. It is not that easy that fans should just ignore this situation. Kentucky is absolutely in this thing. And the reason why I feel very confident about that is because dad is not running this recruitment. Mom is. This is mom kind of taking this thing, you know, going on these trips. You saw the post official visit pictures. Mom is right there in the thick of things and and answering those phone calls and doing the day-to-day stuff. And that matters. And mom likes Cal. Mom likes Kentucky. And sometimes at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Carlos Boozer will not be pushing his twin sons to Duke because at the end of the day, he's not the one making this final call. And I, I want to stress that, that is it a done deal that he's going to end up at Kentucky? Not a chance. This is a, you know, they're 25s. It's going to take a minute to get this, to get this thing across the finish line. There are other threats. We had Travis Branham on the show who is the best in the business at what he does. Um, talk about Miami is a very real threat. They live 10 minutes away from Miami's campus. Miami is a very real threat, and there is a chance that they end up at Duke. Duke was one of the first school. I think they were the first school to extend a scholarship offer. They have been, you know, they are working that relationship because they'd be stupid not to. But understand, this will not be Carlos Boozer sending his kids to his former program. That, that's not the case. This is mom deciding what's best for the the her twin twin sons, her babies, and right now, Kentucky's in a really good spot with mom and the kids, too. The kids love, love John Calipari in this Kentucky program. And uh, I think it's going to be a three-horse race. And I would I would honestly say it's Kentucky, Miami, 1A, 1B with Duke right behind those two. I'll be totally honest. That's that's where that's where I'm th- feeling right now. And it's one of those things that I, I know that a lot of people think Kentucky's wasting its time. Like, you, you see that. And, and I mean – Rightfully so, right? Like if you're on the outside looking in and you don't know the details that's going on within the recruitment where it stands, you would look at it and say, okay, you're you're crazy to think that Kentucky is going to pull the Boozer twins away from Duke when dad was so good for that program. They may end up going to Duke. But if Kentucky doesn't go after them, then I, I think that that shows that you're, you're, you're fearful of it. You're scared of it. Like, no, I like that Kentucky's going all in. I like that they got the first official. I know sometimes the order of visits play out, but I like that Kentucky got to make its case early. You got to show the campus. You got to get them here. You got to have those conversations, continue building those relationships. Jack, how important is it, too, that they're valuing both of them and not just one? Prioritizing both of them is pretty important to, to this recruitment. And, and I know because I know it's it's all it's always not just been a – clear-cut deal, too, that they end up at the same spot. I know that that's been some talk, too, but Kentucky is pushing for both. They value both. It's not just to get the older or the the one that's ranked higher. It's to get both of them, and they see value in both. Bingo. I think that right there is why mom loves Cal. I think, I think she is used to Cam being – the superstar, the wanted commodity. Everybody wants Cam Boozer. He's the number one player in the class, blah, blah, blah. And right, rightfully so. Kid's awesome. Really, really talented player. And if in Kentucky, uh, if if they happen to land him, an unbelievable fit, college-ready guy. And, and, you know, you can touch on that here in a, in a minute what his fit would look like. But, you know, that that's a college-ready player that would, you know, be a stud at any high-level university. The thing that has separated Kentucky early is they didn't just go 
all in on Cam and say, oh, well, if you want to bring your little buddy with you, come on in. They said, Caden, you're a dog too. You're a hooper too. We want you just as bad as your brother. That that made headway with that family more than anybody has has given Kentucky credit for. They have worked that relationship and said, we want Caden just as much as Cam because Caden in his own right is a top 15 player in the country. You know, emerging is one of the, the fastest growing guards in high school basketball right now. You know, really finding a good feel for the game and, you know, kind of being that floor general guy who really has made his brother look a whole lot better this summer in particular, Caden had a huge, huge, huge summer. And that is something that Cal worked to his advantage when everybody was going all in on Cam and saying, well, it can be a package deal if you want your brother to come with you. They said, Caden, we want you. Why don't you bring your brother with you? And that is something that was like, even Cam has noticed Caden being recruited just as hard because, you know, I think Cam knows how good he is and knows he's the the physical beast of the two he's 6'10 225 whatever um he knows what he is physically but there's also something to be said about your brother kind of getting the shine that he deserves and working with him and spending those late nights with him you know in the gym and getting shots up with him seeing how hard he's been working and getting the credit that's deserved from a blue blood that has that has that has been a big big difference and they may not end up in Kentucky they may not. It, it's a long, 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 long road. But Kentucky, I am, I could not be more confident is right there in the thick of this thing. And there's a a very real chance that both of those kids end up in Lexington. I'll just be well point uh, blank period. Personally, I would be upset if Kentucky didn't push as hard as they could to get them. Because if it were the same way for a Kentucky legacy guy or something in in other schools, you think other schools would back off? No, they would be pushing and trying to get them as well. So, but you mentioned, you know, Caden's growth and progression, especially late in the summer. And that's something that John Calipari has always been good at too, was evaluating later and kind of given the overall body of work when it comes to an off season and, and peach jam and kind of not just watching and evaluating if a guy struggled here for a month or so, I think it was the overall growth that Kentucky saw that I think has helped in the recruitment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, is it time to bring on our very special guest for tonight? Is is it time for our official KS board question of the week? I I, I think it's time. What's going on, guys? <laughs> What's going on? We have Connor. Uh, I love this question in, 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 individually, Sean. Uh, it, our KS board question of the week last week was a blast. We have really appreciated that question. Uh, what do you got for us this week, Connor? Okay, so – Stars have invaded Earth, and you are tasked of putting a starting five together to beat them. You can only select players from Cal's era, and one of them has to be Brad Calperi. Who are you choosing for the remaining four? Oh man, that that is so good because it's it's a great question, even without the Brad Calipari wrinkle. But including Brad, Sean is my favorite part of this because you have to you have to build the fits around him to go up against the monsters and Connor I want to ask you before we answer this question the monsters in the movie Space Jam came from you know NBA talents that the, the powers were ripped from so who are the NBA talents in this question in particular that are ripping to get the best versions of every 
of every kid to, to build this monster class. So I'm oh, putting man. you on the spot just as much as you are with us. Very good. Are we do, doing current NBA players or like all time, you know, like Bird, MJ, Kobe? It's your question, dude. You, you, you tell okay. me. All right, let's do, let's do Magic, MJ, LeBron, and Shaq. Holy crap. All right. Who we this pulled is out of here, Jack? And it, and it, it's got to be – so, I mean, we got to go best of the best if if we're competing with literally the all-time greatest basketball players of all time. But fortunately for Kentucky, they have some players that are in that conversation. But if we're building around Brad Calipari, Sean, you got to get a point guard who can turn the corner, beat you off the dribble, and get paint touches – John Wall, I think, fits that to a T. You got to get speed. You got to get at his peak. John Wall was uh, the best of the best. I'm adding shooting around him as well. I'm going Jamal Murray. Uh, I'd like to think that if we're running a true dribble drive, that having Brad Calipari on one side with Jamal Murray on the other could lead to uh, you know pretty efficient shooting team. Going to need some dogs defensively on that team, though. That's that's my concern. I think they, they would struggle quite a bit defensively. So I'm going to go MKG. Uh, as a small ball four there to fit alongside the other three guards. I like that fit. I like the dog aspect of him. I, I think that's that's a, a good fit there. Uh, and then I, I need a go-to bucket inside. I need off you know offensive threat inside. I'm going with Carl Anthony Towns as my fifth. I, I think that's a team that I feel pretty confident. They might lose, but I, I I think that I think they'll compete. And I think that's all that matters. Sean, what you got? That's that's this is a very good question. I'm, I'm sitting here writing my guy's down. I'll, I'll go with the same thing with point, but I'll go a different direction. I'll go De'Aaron Fox. But I'm also going to sneak Shea Gilgis-Alexander in there as well. And I th- think I'm going to need a, a guy that can be physical at that four spot. I'm going to go Julius Randle. And then, of course, I'll take Anthony Davis. I'll go AD. The fact that you get AD as a, like, a backup option, you know – I pick Carl, but like the fact that you get AD as like a leftover choice, man, I, I, I feel like we're competing, Connor. It's a great question. I love the hypothetical there. And we didn't even talk about this at the beginning of the show, but you also have a question for Santo Ciro, who we plan to have on as a bonus uh, edition of the show tomorrow. Uh, and his question is, what NBA player do you model your game after that? We are very excited to ask Santo himself, and we'll make sure to credit you for that. So, Connor, we re- really appreciate you. You're always so active, getting us retweets, getting in the uh, on KS board and in, in the mentions. So we really appreciate uh, your support of this show and an unbelievable question. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That was Man, I, lo- I, I love love that seg- segment of the show, Sean. It's it's oh, it's the it's absolute best. And I like that we didn't overlap names too. That we that we went a different direction, which is the cool thing about it, right? Like you can go a different direction, so many different directions. Like there were names that in the NBA that we didn't mention that that have been very good from Kentucky. But no, that's a really cool question. We've had two really good questions when we brought people on the last couple of weeks. So that that's something I look forward to every week now. Yeah. It did- uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Did I s- talk about our friends at Justice Dental? Did or did I go straight from? Did I just skip over that completely? Well, considering I hit the transfer portal early, I have no idea what you talked about. That's that's <laughs> so. very true. Well, you know what? We love Justice Dental so much that even if I talked about them in the first place, I'll talk about them again. Our show brought to you by our friends at Justice Dental. We appreciate their very hard work, always uh, presented by the great team of Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling or texting 
859-543-0700. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team look forward to seeing you soon. And Sean, I believe we are at a bird dogs week and you are rocking your bird dogs polo. I am oh, rocking my absolute favorite pants in the, in the world. Nobody can ever compete with the, these pants. I'm sorry for future advertisers. That's, that's definition there on those legs. I saw they're, they're hugging like those, those are bringing out the, the, the muscles there in those legs. I, I love these pants, Sean. I'm, I'm obsessed with them. They're, they're so comfortable. They're, they're sleek. And I can't like, I can't stop wearing them. And it sucks because like when they're in the wash, I'm like counting down the minutes for the dryer to go off so I can put them back on because I, I wear them multiple times a week. It's just uh, the, the, the sucky part of bird dogs is that you have to wash them eventually. And you have to wait those days, those absolute crucial days that they're in the washer and in the dryer before you get to wear them again. Goodness gracious. I, I, I love bird dogs so much. They make you look good as you can very clearly see, look at Sean's polo, look at the, the incredible pants that I'm wearing. They're stretch khaki shorts, which are also my personal favorite, even though it kind of sucks. We're kind of getting into the fall. That's the temperatures are going to start cooling down a little bit. I won't be able to wear my stretch khaki shorts as often. So I might just have to double up and get another pair of these pants. Bird dogs, if you're listening, my, my mailbox is very much open for you. Uh, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better than regular shorts and pants that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Go to birddogs.com slash KSR or enter, enter promo code KSR for a free Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash KSR or uh, promo code KSR for a Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. I, I, I don't think you were expecting... A, a leg show there, Sean. I wasn't. Usually it's a gun show, but the leg, the leg show tonight. So uh, I, I wondered why you didn't have your polo on, but you went a different direction this week. But well, so listen, I knew I, you were going to, I knew you were going to wear the polo. I had to, you know, rock, rock my school last week. I had the number 44 uh, the retro Dakari Johnson, Jersey, AKA big Z Jersey. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of switch things up with the top, but, can't can't go wrong with my bird dogs, man. It's the absolute best. You uh, do not want to miss that. While we're talking about our our uh, our friends of the show, Source Say is also brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirement, time to commit, and more. His services are one hundred percent free, and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy. Any uh, anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net. Um, all right, Sean, let's go through some questions when I asked for the KS4 question of the day, which was one and hit out of the park by Connor Rigg. We also got some pretty good ones that I didn't want to touch on uh, throughout. Uh, got some questions for Somto. Again, we will have a bonus episode of Sources Say tomorrow. You do not want to miss that. We'll go back to back. Um, I don't know if we've, we'll probably just go live, I think, tomorrow, but it'll be an earlier show, maybe like one o'clock uh, is the initial plan right now. So be on the lookout for that show. Uh, that will hit your uh, podcast feed and this KSR YouTube page as well. Um, let's go through some of these other questions that I asked. If D Reeves 90, or that was asked to us, D Reeves 96. 
if you had to fight 10 Kareem Watkins size Samto Cyril's or one Samto Cyril sized Kareem Watkins, who would you pick? Who are you willing to, to, to take on that fight with? These questions always get my mind going. I feel like I'm on list of cuffs again. Having to think this hard. So here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. Kareem Watkins, dog, scrapper. Got that, you know, that that Camden, you know, fight in him like DJ has, Aaron Bradshaw has. That's something to keep a close eye on. And that's why a Somto sized version of Kareem Watkins is a very underrated move. However, Somto is still Somto. In 10 Kareem Watkins sized Somptos. I think that I think they'd whoop some ass. I think that I, would. I, I, yeah, that seems dangerous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd want to deal with that. But it's not the runaway answer you think it would be because Kareem Watkins has that dog in him. He is a fighter. He's a scrapper. So it's close. But I think quantity is going to win out here. Uh, it's a great question by D Reeves ninety six. That was a very close second there for uh, who was going to be the the question of the day. Uh, but I, I do think that quantity wins out over that one. But do not underestimate the scrappiness of Kareem Watkins. He, he, he's that guy. Zadonk, who always asks great questions and very active on, on KS board. Appreciate uh, all he brings to the table as well. How do you like UK's ch- chances with uh, Jaden Quaintance? I think Kentucky, I know there's a lot of national buzz right now about Missouri. And I think people are connecting some dots about dad uh, being very close with the uh, Dennis Gates in their inner circle. Um, They're connecting those dots. They are going to have a big offer, NIL offer. They're putting together a a, nice NIL package for Jaden, and that matters in the Jaden Quaintance recruitment. However, I think Kentucky – I'm still taking Kentucky in that one. I I think it's going to be a three-way battle between Kentucky, the G League, and Missouri – He's just coming off of an official visit to Missouri. It went as well as you would imagine. All official visits go well, but um, the mo- the momentum and public buzz that you're hearing about Missouri was not a shock. That was everybody kind of figured that connecting the dots between the the, the relationship ties with Dennis Gates and uh, and uh, Jaden's dad. I think people were just kind of waiting for that momentum to happen. They always were in a really good spot, but obviously the official visit uh, that changed, you know, added to that and built, built that a little bit. Uh, But I do think that Kentucky, um, there is something to be said about, yes, having a good NIL package is, is important, but there's also something to be said about knowing that your kid is going to be a superstar one day and he has the highest ceiling of anybody in the class. And if he puts that together in a Kentucky uniform, as John Calipari says, you're tripling, you know, tripping over nickels for a max deal in the NBA. That's a kid that very well could end up with a max contract in the NBA. I I think that's a big part of Kentucky's sell is if you believe in yourself as a basketball player, what the hell is a hundred thousand dollars of NIL money gonna do you when you're making four hundred million dollars? So I think Kentucky's right there in the thick of things. I, they like the G League, uh, but I think that the recruiting pitch of you know, we have a pro style offense here. We're going to build you as a pro level big 
here, what is the sample size of the G League producing those types of bigs? I feel like that's a beatable recruiting pitch. I think at the end of the day, it'll be Kentucky versus Missouri with G League fighting into the finish line, hoping that their big bid wins out. But um, I do feel good about Kentucky right now, Sean. For sure. And that's another guy that Kentucky's prioritizing, especially at that position when it comes to to what could be on the roster and things that, that the front court for sure. But I know Trilly put out a link today that was talking about Missouri, you know, being the favorite. And I think that that gets a lot of attention too, especially if Trilly Donovan throws something out there right now with, with his track record and, and how successful he's been with predicting things. But it, it's still early on. It's still to a point to where obviously things can shift. Kentucky feels like it's in a good spot. And uh, when John Calipari prioritizes people, he it usually plays out in his favor, especially when there's a clear-cut role for somebody immediately. He's that talented. I, w- I like where Kentucky's at in that recruitment for sure. I'm with and, you. And, and I like, you know, Missouri's – Dennis Gates deserves a lot of credit. Missouri, they're building a program over there. So, it's like it's no disrespect to Dennis Gates or that Missouri basketball program. Like, they're, they're in a really good spot. And, you know, t- there's a reason why there's so much buzz about them right now. It's, it's important not- for them to continue having success too. Like, this is on the court, not just in recruiting. Like, they need to have a good year this year too out there so that's something to watch as well yeah so it's gonna it it's going to be a three-way battle Kentucky is excited for this official visit uh, I believe coming up on October 20th I don't have the calendar in front of me but I think the week it's the weekend after uh Big Blue Madness I'm pretty sure that's October 20th but uh, Kentucky's excited to kind of sit down with him they you know, had that in-person meeting right there at the, the opening of the in-person recruiting period, uh, you know, just kind of laid the groundwork. They've been recruiting their butts, you know, recruiting him hard for a long time, uh, just letting, you know, painting that picture for, for him, what the vision is looking like for him, what how they plan on using him, things like that. Um, and they're excited to kind of really sit down and dig into that when he gets on, on campus in Lexington. They say, yeah, go enjoy your time in, you know, at, at Missouri, go meet with G league ignite meet with other schools, you know, Cincinnati, Kansas, I think Kansas state was recruiting him hard. I think Washington was recruiting him hard. There's, I mean, a lot of schools are going after him and he's a blue blood level kid. So obviously uh, it's only going to ramp up, but I do think that Kentucky's in a good spot. I wouldn't say they're an overwhelming favorite because Missouri has worked their butts off to put themselves in a good position too. But uh, I do, I do, I do think Kentucky, right now is is the favorite and and I would not bet against John Calipari in that one. Um what is your big I'll let you answer this. Uh the ghost of Pete Gillen who we had on as the uh, debut of the KS board question of the week last week. Uh shout out to him. He did a great job. What is your biggest question regarding Kentucky's ability to win a national win the national title this year? I think the easiest answer is probably front court, right? And and the health of the front court. And I know that that sounds like something that everyone can say, and you probably want me to go a different direction, but I do think that it comes down to health at that spot. I think that they have enough in the backcourt, and we've talked about how that backcourt can beat you in different ways. But to me, for for this team to even have a shot at winning the national championship, and this is before even talking about what they do on the floor, it's they got to stay healthy on the interior. You cannot – go into to a year with with the guy. I mean, you you can if they get if Z gets to campus and it adds some depth to that spot, then you feel a bit better if you have a rolled ankle or if you have something that keeps the guy out for a week or two late in the year. 
But if it's just Dugana and it's just Trey Mitchell and it's just Aaron Bradshaw, you're one injury away from getting really, really, really thin. That's what you can't have. I, I think they've got enough dudes in the backcourt that they can kind of overcome some injuries at that part. Staying healthy is where it all comes down to. And, and, and that's before you even get into the X's and O's and what this team can do offensively and defensively is they have to stay healthy. To me, that's always been one of the biggest talking points when it comes to whether Kentucky's won a title or hasn't won a title, is how healthy were they when they entered the tournament. Two years ago when they lost to St. Peter's, they were limping into that thing. Like they weren't playing well, but they also weren't healthy. How many other years have they had an injury late in the year? Jared Vanderbilt, it, the list goes on and on. If they're healthy... I think this team has enough to at least make a run of the Final Four and put itself in the conversation to win a championship. If not, it certainly complicates things. But if you get Zavon Amir on campus, it it that's the thing that I was so excited about adding him a month or so ago, was it added some quality depth and another body to overcome possibly an injury because we know injuries happen. So hopefully this team stays healthy, they get healthy and stay that way the course of the year. Tough question for you because this is just, you know, me thinking uh, you missed the very first brief segment there. Um, I, I said that with practice starting today, uh, Aaron Bradshaw and Ugo were, were not participants. The staff is kind of expecting next week or two. I think people with, around the program are expecting, a, you know, an official medical update on them in the next week or two to kind of get a real firm update on, you know, whether or not they're going to be available for that opening game there remains optimism that they're right on track progressing exactly the way you'd hope um when do you bring aaron bradshaw back sean because i i even brought this up on ks board that you know obviously nothing matters until march now you know you want aaron bradshaw healthy in conference play in march and really nothing else matters at that point i would take you know the jared vanderbilt route you know you wish that he had been able to close out the year, but you were comfortable waiting until January for him to come back. If it meant that he was going to be there for the closing of the, of the, you know, the, the regular season and postseason play. Do you bring him back cold Turkey against Hunter Dickinson and the Kansas front court? Do you rush him back and try to get him there for, you know, for New Mexico state in the opener when, what does that, or even the exhibition games, you know, where, what is that safe zone for you to bring Aaron Bradshaw back? Are you all hands on deck for Kansas? Is that your target date? Or, you know, do you even care at that point about Champions Classic or not? Well, it's, it's one of those things that resume is a big talking point with me, but it's over the course of the full season. Like just whatever happens in that game on November 14th against Kansas to me is not going to determine whether Kentucky wins a national championship or it doesn't. What happens with Aaron Bradshaw and his health does is exactly what I was getting at in the first question you asked me. So, so my take would be, I don't see them rolling him out there and playing with him being a newcomer. I know Oscar Sheboy was a completely different story because he had had experience in this program. He had been in the system. He had played with those guys. I don't see them playing him in a game of that magnitude without giving him some reps and some minutes in a with versus a lesser opponent and one of those other games that you should win in your non-conference schedule. So if he hasn't played in one of those opening games or an exhibition, I don't know if they throw him out there in that moment because, once again, it's a, it's a talented roster that Kansas has. You're going to go with what you got, and here would be my take on it too. 
I don't want to rush him back because I saw what Kentucky did with Trey Mitchell at that spot. And I think that gives this staff a ton of confidence that they can have success offensively. But now you've got the entire fall here in, in this in these practices to kind of work on some things defensively that you were struggling with that I think Kentucky could maybe slide by and compete in that game, especially from an offensive standpoint. But to me, you don't want to rush him back. You rush him back and then you have a setback or you have another injury – that's where it gets really dicey. Then you get start getting into December, you're getting into league play, and that's where you start having some chemistry things come into play. So to me, it's it's a give us a little bit of him here and there. Let's make sure he's healthy. Whenever he's full go, then you start working him in. So I don't know, Jack. I think a lot of it will depend on do we see him in an exhibition game? If we don't, then I don't know if we see him that early. It, it may be Miami. Could be the next big one where he plays a few games there in between and then gets there. But the hope is that he's ready to go from the start, right? Like that's the hope. I'd love that. And again, the expectation is so this hypothetical isn't like indicative of what the vibe is around the program right now. The vibe is that he'll be available for that opening night. It's just my level of caution of man, he is so valuable and so important to the long term potential of this team. Don't throw him in there for 30 minutes against New Mexico State just for the sake of doing it. Like, if anything, here's my my hope is he's cleared and Cal throws him in five minutes against New Mexico State or 10 minutes in the game, you know, for two games leading up to Kansas and then go from there. You know, have shoot, would, play 20 minutes against Kansas. Like I, I don't think that he's going to be a guy that you're going to need to run into the ground even against Kansas. Like you got the pieces around you depending on what happens with Ugo and again what happens with Big Z. We'll see what happens there. Like just kind of roll with the guys you got and say it sucks that Kentucky is on a cold streak in the Champions Classic, but I'm kind of under the under the impression that who really cares? I mean, you want to win those games, but I care more about March and winning those postseason games with Aaron Bradshaw in the lineup than running him into the ground against you know in in November. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and and if you do go without him against Kansas, then you've got Trey Mitchell. You got a veteran guy that you'll slide and you'll play small. And you'll you'll play with him at the five, surrounded by some some guards that can attack and some shooters. And you'll see Kentucky do some of that that five out stuff that they were looking at, and some of those looks that you saw uh, in Toronto. But my thing would be if if you get him against New Mexico State or some of those teams, maybe you give him a a four or five minute window there in the first half, and then you roll back with another four or five minute window in the second half, and maybe it's ten or twelve minutes for a couple of games, and then you increase it to sixteen to seventeen, and then you just keep maybe extending him on out there and stuff. And then obviously the, the way he looks and practices will determine because conditioning matters. And it's it's a lower body, body, lower body injury. You're not able to get your body in conditioning to be able to play at an elite level in the SEC without being able to use your legs and, and, and things in your feet. So like that's going to be something to watch here is, is what where these other guys are ahead in the conditioning area that's where the most ground is going to need to be made up. And I'm assuming Kentucky will have a conditioning program ready for him to go that gradually increases it. And uh, I think that everything will be okay. I do. I think that they're going to play it cautious, and that's the way it should be. This is, once again, like we said in the beginning, this is a completely different topic. It's, it's not a sprint. This thing is a marathon. You're trying to get to March. 
And I, I do think that this team has, to me, Jack, the biggest thing is this team has backcourt play that I think can overcome some things against quality opponents. When you have a good backcourt, you can win some basketball games. You're going to win a lot more than you lose if your backcourt's good. And I think that this backcourt can carry them some in the early part of the season. Go small. Go small. Have Trey be your five. He was more than comfortable there. Force Hunter Dickinson to be uncomfortable having a guard Trey Mitchell. Like, we don't have to play to Kansas' strength and say, oh, how are we going to counter that? They got to they gotta counter – you know, they have to counter what we bring to the table in a five out, like put Hunter Dickinson on the perimeter and cook him. I mean, he can't guard him. My thing is, is when you've got size and you, you've got, you've got the size and you've got the smaller lineups with with the size, you're worried about how you're defending inside of 24 to 25 feet. Well, on the other side, you're talking about picking up 90 feet. I mean, it's, it's a different element to it when you're, when you're defending a, a small lineup. So I think that, like I've said, I am so high on this backcourt. I'm going to say it on every episode the rest of the way. I am sold on what this backcourt can be. I have talked to multiple people, and I'm in in agreement with them, that I think Antonio Reeves is going to be right there in the conversation for SEC Player of the Year if he remains healthy. Uh, They've got some dogs at the one. It's nonsense that this backcourt's being overlooked, and I'm going to say it. I've, I've probably stomped it into the ground at this point, but I'm going to keep saying it. Because I, I fully expect me and you to be having plenty of episodes in December saying, ha ha, I told you so. And that's that's what I think is going to happen. And I, and then you bring along the front court, you bring along Ugo, you bring along Bradshaw. Hopefully, Big Z is here. Another thing there, too, if however long it takes him to get here, you know he's working on conditioning, too, and staying on top of his game because he's ready to get here as well. And that communication between the two, between Kentucky and him, to, to maybe get some things ready, you – I'm assuming that there is a way right now that Kentucky is communicating with him and saying, this is what we're doing. And they're making sure that that there's no hiccup here when he, when he gets here. And I I like that. I'm talking like he's going to get here because I I refuse to not be optimistic. And I do want to make it clear that as I brought up last week, my optimism isn't just coming from inside the Kentucky basketball program. This is also the people around Z that I've talked to that have you know, said the plan is still to go to Kentucky. Like they're they're not wavering on their end either. So um, if you miss that part of the show, um, still muddy and you know trying to take a step back and quiet that one down a little bit and let uh, the Kentucky staff work a little bit on that one. But um, there is optimism still, and, and the staff is confident. But also understand that it's not just people around the Kentucky basketball program. It's still people uh, associated with Big Z that are saying that and you know something to keep an eye on um i mentioned this on ks board uh last week that watch for his twin brother his twin brother is also enrolling in uh in college and that's something that that he's planning on a mid-october um enrollment at it's not going to be at kentucky he's you know in talks deep deep talks with a couple different schools and um that's something i think has kind of led to some patience on big z's side that it's not just him out on an island by himself dealing with these different hurdles and with academics and clearing, you know, this and that, like it's, he, he's not alone in this. He's also with his brother who is, uh, you know, going through the same stuff that Z is. So I think that has helped Kentucky's chances of, of getting him and, and kind of just let the dust settle on that a little bit and, and allowing them to get this thing done. Um, so watch, watch what his brother does and see 
his timeline and when he gets to the States and where he enrolls and, and news of that happening, which should pop uh, in the not too distant future. But uh, that, that has definitely helped Kentucky's chances. I think he's deciding between a couple different schools and kind of dealing with some of the same stuff that uh, Z is as well. Speaking of Z bus boy on KS board says, if big Z eventually ends up on this roster, who do you think the starting five in February slash March is, and who would be the sixth man? Sean. That's tough. Uh, it, it's tough because they have you can go so many different ways with this, but I'm still going to stick with DJ Antonio. I think Trey Mitchell is going to be in there. If Aaron Bradshaw's healthy, I, th- I think he's in there as well. And uh, let's go Justin Edwards. I think that that will be the five, but you can go so many different directions, right? Especially with that six-man spot. What do you need right off the bench immediately? Is it something on the interior? Is it another guard? Is it foul trouble? Like that's that's the flexibility that Kentucky has with this roster. You could literally and realistically look at this and see that you could see Reed Shepard be a six man. You could see Rob Dillingham being a six man. Uh, Savonamir, if he's here, like there, there's multiple ways. A Duthiero, like a guy that I think gets lost in the shuffle a lot, and probably will a lot in the preseason. I think that, and, and, and that's no knock on a do. It's just I think that we forget about him, but there might not be a guy that maybe impacts the game in so many different categories the way that he does on this roster, which you got versatility and you can do multiple things. John Calipari finds a way to play you. So uh, that'll go with those five. And then uh wouldn't shock me if it changes from time to time. How good is Reed Shepard? There's a lot of a lot of confidence about Reed Shepard internally. And, and I think that's the cool part of all of this, Sean, is – it doesn't really matter who your five is because I trust if Rob and Reed and Big Z are your three guys off the bench while Aaron Bradshaw and Trey Mitchell are your four and five with DJ Antonio and Justin as your starters, What you know, however you want it to unfold. I trust Reed and Rob and those guys to be Hooper. Like Ugo as your... 10th guy you know ninth guy like you got to feel confident about the you know you can get creative and flexible there with with you know it doesn't really matter what your five is and I do appreciate that the question did bring up the six man because I think that's almost even more important than who your starters are like it's it's who is that valued guy that the staff trusts to say okay he's the spark plug I wouldn't be shocked if it's a guy like Reed you know a a safe complimentary fit who is going to make an impact may, might not be a 25 point per game scorer, but he's going to, he's going to be that safe complimentary piece. That's going to, you know, do a lot of really nice things across the board. That might be my sneaky six man. So what if I take it this direction with the six man and I say Kentucky six man is actually a combination of multiple people and you, and you group it together here. You've, you've got Reed, you've got Dilly, You've got a do like whoever at those spots. And and I think that that's the, the thing is you want, I don't see Kentucky playing more than eight when push comes to shove and it gets down to it. Yes. This roster has plenty of talent, has plenty of pieces. Cal's best teams though. Like they, they settle in on a seven to eight man rotation when the NCAA tournament gets here. And I still think that this team does that. My one prediction will be this. I know I called it in July that, that Reed would be on the floor running the one in key moments. I'm going to say that Reed Shepard is in the closing lineup of games more than 85% of the season. It, it's not, it's to me, it's not as much about who that starting five is that I think it's going to be different when the game ends. 
and it's going to come down to who John Calipari trusts the most. And I think that Reed Shepard is a guy that Cal trusts already. I think DJ Wagner is a guy that Cal trusts, he's built trust with. Antonio Reeves will be a guy, too, that Cal trusts. But the closing minutes of games, Reed Shepard's going to show how valuable he is, and I'm going to keep saying it, being the trigger man. When you're being pressed full court, you get another good free throw shooter on the floor, a guy that can make plays offensively and knock down open shots. The biggest thing with Reed and some of these other guys that that were, you're looking to find roles and maybe cement them there is how well do they defend. That's going to be the thing that kind of shuffles throughout this roster. Who defends at a high level and is not a liability on the defensive end? And those are the guys that are going to play. Absolutely. We're going to go rapid fire on a couple quick questions. But, but, but uh, before we do that, uh, one final message from our friends at game time. Uh, Sean, you've used them several times. You know how uh, easy that the process is with our favorite ticketing app. Uh, you use them for two different Reds games. You have talked extensively about the, the ease, of, ease of use and how, you know, almost too easy it is to purchase these tickets because you just one simple swipe and it's like, oh, the money has left my account and I now have tickets, which is a great thing because sometimes you just kind of got to get that foot in your butt to say, you know, you got to go have, you know, take some time for yourself. Go enjoy uh, the, this sporting event. Go go enjoy this basketball game, this football game. Sean, there is a Kentucky versus Florida game this weekend that is sold out. Game time has tickets for Kentucky versus Florida. Uh, what an opportunity for you know Kentucky fans to be able to go go to that and use our trusty friends at, at game time. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people in the comments of the show, by the way, 454, and it's been steady at that number, which is really amazing. But I saw a lot of these people commenting, talking about the football game this weekend and who all's going, who all's, you know, who all's going to be there. Well, like you said, game time, this is the perfect week. You've got through the the, the, comp, the non-conference schedule that you weren't a fan of at home. You get a big-time game, noon kickoff, early kickoff. Mark Stoops is calling on BBN to – to hammer home some beers and get out there early and things. So or get, bourbon or bourbon or bourbon. Which he made that very point. clear. Yeah, get on that app, get tickets. If you want to get in that stadium, you can use the Game Time app and you will get in that stadium. And you can now, pick where you want to sit, and you can see the view, and you can watch Kentucky win three in a row against Florida. Now is not the time, Sean for guesswork with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and the best price guaranteed game time does all the hard work for you game time has the deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute seats find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more with zone deals you can pick the section in game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use promo code ksr for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account Redeem code KSR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Sean, let's go rapid fire here to wrap up this show. Because again, we we got to be up tomorrow. We got another show. There are a lot of fans in this question asking about Santo Cyril and is he going to enroll early? Listen tomorrow. We're going to we're gonna have him on and he's going to answer those questions for you. Like, we're, like be in this chat, be on KS board where there are already questions with people asking Sompto specific questions that we're going to ask him on this show. 
we'll, we'll get those taken care of. But before uh, we get to do that, we got to wrap up this show. Let's go through a couple of these. Um, Zach Bingman, aside from Billy Richmond, who seems like a given, uh, who is the next commitment of 2024? Uh, that's an that, that's an interesting one, and I don't want to say that Billy Richmond is a given. I think Kentucky's going to have to work hard. He's seeing me- Memphis this weekend, um, but I do feel Kentucky's in a really good spot there. And I think timeline wise, he's probably quickest to a commitment. I think Boogie Fland may be the next closest. He is definitely going to be a, a an early signing period guy. Um, and I'd watch Jaden Quaintance too. I think he's not going to be one that just unnecessarily drags this thing out. I think when he knows and uh, here's the right pitch for him, I think he's going to do that. And I think that's why it's important to get him on that campus, uh, on, on that official visit October 20th. That's a really, really big visit for Kentucky. Um, so don't just say Billy Richmond is a given. I think Kentucky's in a very good spot. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to kind of cheat on that answer and say that he is the next commitment of uh, 2024. Um, over like under, this. sorry, I was going to ask go, you, go. over under three is commit signees in the early signing period. Do you think they get to three? Do you think they go above it? I think that's a push number. I do think, well, are we including Somto in that? Yes. Okay. I say they go over. I think, well, it's going to be close. I think three to four, I'd set it the line at three and a half. I, I, I think they're going to try to push for some commitments and kind of get that recruiting momentum started with some big name guys, um, people that want to, you know, recruits that people want to play with. A guy like Jaden Quaintance is a guy that I think they would want to really push hard for and you know try to secure a commitment from him as soon as possible to be that headlining guy in that class um, and just kind of see what happens there because he's a guy that people want to play with he's a potential star people want to you know players want to play with potential stars um, so that's one I, I think they're going to try to get a couple headliners there uh, to set the foundation and not push everything to the spring I think they're going to want you know kind of what they did with last class where uh, not the entire class necessarily, but the, the foundation of your class is about set during the early signing period. I feel very confident that they're going to make some some pushes. I, st- I think they're still tinkering and trying to decide. Like they're having Big Patrick and Gangba on on campus this weekend. Like that's something that was kind of very quiet and swept under the rug. Nobody's really talking about that. Kentucky really likes him too, and I think it'd be one of those deals of uh, you know if things fall south with Jaden, you push for a commitment with Big Pat and, you know, say he's going to be a really, really, really good college big. Uh, he, he translates really well to the next level. Go, you know, go secure a commitment from him. You know, have one, you know, one A, one B, one C options and kind of go from there, backup plans, different things like that. Um, I do think that there is not pressure, but I, I think there is some uh, internal hope that they get a couple of these commitments wrapped up sooner rather than later and, you know, lay the foundation this 24 class uh, by, by the time the early uh, recruiting period starts. I like this one for you, Sean. Wildcats tongue. Congratulations. You've been named the president of the NCAA for one day. What changes are you making? Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. 24 second shot clock. I think that's easy, and I think it's a great idea. I I, I I love that idea. I think that's awesome. I appreciate Wildcat 
tongues answer even more because Zach Gagan, uh, shout out Zach, a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, does awesome, awesome work for KSR. Uh, he said, I'm more interested in knowing what Wildcat's tongue would change. And Wildcat's tongue responded, number one change is dismantling the, N- the NCAA altogether to get rid of bureaucratic BS. <laughs> so I am named president of the NCAA and my first order of duty, take it down. I'm, I'm canceling it forever. We're done. Uh, Alan, Alan's got a good one there. Demoting Duke to D2 is the answer. Oh, that's great. That's really like, good. That's a good one. Yeah, by, by the way, I saw somebody say that they need a free Big Z sign for SEC Nation Saturday. I'm going to step up and challenge you and say, I want a Sources Say sign at SEC Nation. That's if what you, I want. If you can send me proof of a Sources Say sign on SEC Nation on Saturday morning, you get five minutes, five free minutes on Sources Say then the next week to ask whatever you want. Unfiltered me, unfiltered Sean, our true thoughts on like, if, if you can make that happen, you get the rawest, unique, like unfiltered version of us on next week's show. You get to be KS, KS Board's question of the week, but it's like segment of the week. You you get your own individual fan segment. So is this in plain sight of the TV screen too? Right. I need a screenshot from SEC Network. There we go. That you made it on TV. I need evidence of it, and if you can send me and proof that it was you, proof that it was you on that screen grab, you get five unfiltered minutes with us on this show. Ask whatever you want. You know, behind the scenes stories, whatever you want. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's a good a good ask for fans. Right, let's let's see the power of sources say listeners here, and let's let's see what happens. Uh, I'm I'm actually planning to be over there at SEC Nation. So Sean, uh, you cannot you cannot be the one with the sign. No no no, I will not be the one with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I want five minutes? What are you talking about? Unfiltered here. All right, uh, two seventy. Bradley Smith, awesome guy. He's the best. If Kentucky could only take one guard in twenty twenty four, who would it be? Reclass from 2025 is also on the table. Uh, Darren Peterson, and it's not close because Darren Peterson is a dude, and he is one of those guys who could change the trajectory of your recruiting class. He's one of those guys that you build around, kind of like what I'm talking about with Jaden Quaintance is a a piece. You know, one of those guys that you go, all right, people can shut up about, oh, Cal's recruiting has fallen off. Oh, there's, you know, where's the, you know, all of that stuff about him not getting the dudes. Darren Peterson is a dude. So I, I would absolutely pick Darren. Is there anybody in particular that you can? Uh, I was going to go Peterson as well. Like just because like that, that is, I've had a couple of people talk to me about him in the last few weeks and, and where Kentucky stands and would it change the way that I view that entire class overall? Uh, yeah, like that that's a dude that soon regardless of what class he's in, he elevates it to a, a better territory, right? Like not just where he commits in that individual class, but I'm talking the overall class that he's in in recruiting, like a, a very talented player that would absolutely love to see at Kentucky. I, I do also like Polaric Spicer. If I was president for a day, I'm getting Big Z a waiver and a plane ticket first class. Duh, why didn't we think of that? That's like the easy answer we get just – Wave him on in, Big Z. Get your butt over here. We we love it. Um, all right, let's make this our last one of the night because we have already gone long. And I like how, Sean, we said, oh, it's going to be a quick show tonight. Yeah. And then we're going to go to tomorrow. And it'll be, you know, 15, 20 minutes with Sompto or whatever. And we're talking for an hour and 10 Jack, minutes. And Jack calls me and says, 
if we get 30 minutes tonight, we're doing great. And how many times have we said that, especially it off the content, right? And then we end up sitting here for an hour and 10 and there's over 400 people. We, we said specifically with the idea of going short today because we're having a follow-up episode tomorrow. So we're like, all right, it doesn't need to be overkill. We don't need to just ramble for the sake of rambling, but we're still answering questions and it, you know, it is what it is. All right. We'll wrap it up with this one though. Roy truth. So much conversation is always about the starting guys when deciding what a team ceiling is. Do you all think that this is one of the better benches we have had in a while, assuming Z makes it? I could not agree more. I think it's, this is a really, really deep group. And again, it's not about the individual talents. I think it's the it's what's up here, Sean. It's that this group has the the collective drive and the the will to win that, frankly, I don't think some recent teams have had. Like they just have they have those dudes, dogs on this. I mean, they're talking to people around the program. There's like almost a sense of, I enjoyed going to work today. You know, like sometimes when you're in the gym with kids that just want it and work their butts off and have that next level of, we just want to make it. We want to win games. You enjoy going to work. You enjoy, we enjoy talking about them. Sean, I'm, I've enjoyed the hell out of this show. And it's because of some of those conversations I've had about how excited they are. It's contagious. And I think a big part of that is having, you know, it's not just one through five. I think it's one through 12, one through 13, one through 15 with the walk-ons. There's a collective buy-in with this team that I completely agree, Roy Truth. I think that uh, it is going to be one of Kentucky's better benches in a while. I think there's a lot of talent in guys with the mental makeup to be successful here. And to me, it's not a, it's not about the talent and, 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 and it's the same thing when it comes to the overall roster. Like this is not the most NBA talent Kentucky's had on a roster, but there's one thing that's getting lost in, in the, the shuffling of it and the off season and things that I, I feel like people are overlooking. And it's the way that this roster is pieced together. We've talked a ton in the past about how rosters didn't fit, how players didn't fit alongside one another, how clunky some of Kentucky's rosters were. This one doesn't have any clunkiness to it if that's the word that I'm looking for with it, mm -hmm. it's there's multiple ways and multiple guys that can beat you at the same spot, but you can, you can do it differently. You can be long. You can, you can have better shooting. You can have three ball handlers that can handle the ball on the floor at the same time and can run the one. Like you can go with bigs that can stretch the floor out and do some things. If, if big Z gets here, you got shot blocking, but you also get shot blocking without giving up offense and spacing. I love the way that this thing fits. And I don't think it's the most talented Kentucky roster or the talented team that Cal's had or even the bench. But the way it fits together is the biggest thing that I, I feel like people are undervaluing about this team is they beat you because they're going to be able to beat you because of that cohesiveness and the chemistry and the way that they fit alongside one another. I just don't see there, there being many dead spots on this team. And – don't discount the value of Trey Mitchell. That is the one guy that every conversation I've had with people around the program, people outside of the program, national guys that we've even had on this show, Tyler Eulis even said it on the show. It's not scoop from behind the scenes necessarily. I have heard it that, you know, it's not just what they're trying to say publicly to get a message out. It's also the stuff that's being said privately. Trey Mitchell is a guy that is, 
kind of changing everything for them. I think that was a guy that fell into Kentucky's lap in the best way possible. However it happened, who cares? He made it on this roster, and that doesn't discount the value that he brings to the table. There is a lot of optimism about him just being a basketball player, a guy who has the feel and the the touch and the you know the passing and the vision and the shooting and the the all of the stuff that I don't think Cal has had a guy like him on this roster ever on, on any of his guys any of his rosters at Kentucky. I don't think he has ever had a guy like Trey Mitchell, and I think there's a lot of buzz brewing with him in particular and how everything kind of fits around him. There's a lot of excitement there. He he's a guy that. Under Cal in recent years, when they've added a transfer, whether it's been Nate Sestina, it's been Reed Travis, it's been some other guys, they've they've done some things differently at Kentucky than what they did at their previous school. And and most of it was they took a step back in role. They went from being the star. Reed Travis was a star at Stanford. He was a very good player here. Nate Sestina at Bucknell. Like it just the, the different roles that they play. I think that this is actually a case where Trey is being used entirely differently and more than maybe he was at some previous stops, especially where Kentucky had him offensively. They're there in the middle third of the floor at that point position and, and doing some things there in the half court. They, they ran a lot of throw-and-go stuff with him. They're, you're going to see a lot of different things there, especially floor spacing, but his ability to pass the ball, his ability to stretch you out and shoot the ball, that right there creates spacing in itself, and it's going to make these guards, especially Antonio Reeves, a lot harder to deal with. When you've got a guy like Trey Mitchell, that has the IQ and the passing ability he has in the middle third of the floor, and you've got Antonio Reeves coming off some some action away from the ball, but then you've got other dudes that can beat you off the bounce too, and make back cuts and and read and react. Like man, you got you got an offense that can put up some points, and I I do think this is going to be an offense that's going to be one of the more efficient ones in college basketball. The key stat here that I've been diving into, and I know I talked offense a year ago, is defense. Their defensive efficiency has not been good for a long time now, for maybe three or four years. That, to me, has been one of the biggest key reasons this program has taken a step back in NCAA tournament success. you got to get back to defending at a high level. It doesn't have to be number one, number two, number three. Get to that top 20, be efficient offensively, and I think that this team has a chance. Drop the mic. What a way to end it. Uh, Sean, absolute blast, man. I know we were supposed to be done an hour ago, but you know what? We It's fun. We appreciate all, all the banter with so many questions on – KS board, so many messages and comments on on uh, over here, man. This is an absolute blast. I appreciate each and every one of our listeners, as always. You guys are the best and uh, appreciate where, what we're building over here on the KSR YouTube page and this in particular show, uh, sources say, man, we, we have an absolute blast doing this and excited to keep this thing rolling. Uh, Sean, let's go ahead and get out of here because we are going to be back, not bright and early, but you get what I'm saying. We'll be back tomorrow. Where can fans find your work? You can follow me on Twitter at GBB Country, and we will see you tomorrow. You can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email, jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back tomorrow for another Jam Pack Sources, a podcast. We will see you then. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.